Good morning, church. My name is Josh, and I'm on staff here at Austin Oaks Church. Um, if this is one of your first times tuning in with us, I just want to give you a special welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, here at Austin Oaks Church, we are all about Jesus, and everything we do is so that you can meet, know, and follow him. And this morning, we've sung together in worship to Jesus, and now we're going to be turning to the Bible, what he said, and what it means for our life, and we're going to worship him through finding those things out through the scriptures. Um, if you have been with us here for the past few months for our streaming services, I might look vaguely familiar because I've preached a few times uh, before. Uh, this time, when Brandon approached me, he said that um, this Sunday is going to be about faith. And it's kind of funny because I'm, I'm sensing a theme that when God um, gives something to speak to other people. He generally tends to work in the heart of the person speaking on that very same thing. Um, so as I think about faith and what it means, um, to be completely honest with you, I'd say, you know, two years ago, if anyone were to tell me that I would be preaching, I would say that you're crazy. Um, it was certainly not in my 10-year plan as it goes. Uh, I've never seen myself as much of a teacher, and uh, you can ask my wife if she's ever imagined that she would be a preacher's wife, um, and that'll start up a whole conversation. Um, but God has made it clear to me and to our family, uh, especially over the past year, that this is kind of the road that he has us on right now. And uh, so in a way, I'm kind of stepping out in faith because I don't know where it's going to take us um, and what that means. Um, but today, uh, we're going to be taking a look at faith and uh, what that looks like in our lives as well. Um, so before we jump in, let's go ahead and just say a quick prayer um, that God would be the one speaking, that he would reveal to us uh, what the scripture has for us this morning. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we just come to you uh, in just a humble uh, acceptance that, Lord, um, we can't know what you have for us without your Holy Spirit. So we ask that you would open our ears to hear from you, open our eyes to see you, that we would glory in you, that you would um, give us the gift of more faith, that we would trust in you, that we would follow you with our lives. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. So, uh, talking about faith, I figure a nice place to start is a definition. What exactly is faith? And since I'm somewhat new to this, I am going to uh, wholeheartedly steal from someone else, uh, someone who's much smarter than I. I. I found this quote this week from a man named J.I. Packer that um, I thought was just brilliant. And he says, faith is the most important thing in the world, by which I mean that faith is the link between ourselves and a God of transforming love who saves us from sin and folly and ultimate disaster, who brings us into a life of joy and peace and wisdom and fruitfulness. Faith means, quite simply, trusting him by believing what he has told us. I thought that was, that was just beautiful. Uh, that last line especially makes it nice and simple. It's trusting God and believing that what he says is true. And that sounds really simple, and it is, 
Um, but there are lots of implications of what that means. Um, and I, I believe that uh, Dr. Packer was um, speaking very biblically. So let's go to the Bible and see um, where it talks about that as well. Th- just this idea of what exactly is faith. Um, I'm going to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. That's towards the end of the Bible. Um, sometimes this, this chapter is called the Hall of Faith because it talks a lot about um, different forebears in our faith who uh, showed a lot of faith, like lived by faith and what that looks like in their life. Um, so chapter 11 of Hebrews, we're starting in verse 1. It says that now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Right, so faith is not um, an empty wish or a hope. It's, it's not just optimism. Faith is assurance of things that are hoped for, right? And by it, it says that people of old, so the people in the Old Testament, before Jesus had come, before God had shown that he was going to bring salvation through Jesus, people of old, by faith, believed that God would bring about that salvation. And that's how they were how, how they were saved, how they brought, um, it says, received their commendation. Um, and by, so by faith, they reached out, they held on to the promise of God, and they were saved. And by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that God is the creator of all things. And again, that seems simple, but there are a few implications of that, right? So if God is our creator of, of everything, that means he has all authority, right? What he says goes. On top of that, it means that he is the one who gives everything purpose, right? Because he's created everything. So he actually gives us meaning. So there's a lot that's packed into that. And then verse six talks about how without faith, it's impossible to please God for whoever would draw near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So that verse starts out, it sounds negative. I mean, it's too negative. It's a double negative. So we can smash them together and make a positive out of that, right? So um, it is only possible to please God through faith, right? So faith pleases God. And by faith, um, it allows us to seek God, or excuse me, um, it allows us to believe that he exists, right? And that whoever would draw near to him uh, would believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him, okay? So faith um, allows us to understand that God exists as the creator, but not only that, that he rewards those who seek him. So if he is creator, he has authority, he gives purpose. When we seek out him for our purpose, for uh, our meaning, and when when we truly seek him, he rewards us. Right? And how do we seek him? How do we know who he is? Well, we are sinful. Um, we can understand by what God has created that God exists, uh, but we don't know who he is unless he reveals himself to us, right? Unless he bends down to our level and speaks to us. And that's what he's done through the Bible and through Jesus. 
So he has done those things. He has revealed himself to us. And by faith, it is the assurance that what he says is true and that when we seek him, he is good and rewards us, right? So faith is a response to a real God who wants to be known. He has revealed himself. He wants to be known and he lavishes reward on those who seek to know who he is. So uh, I know it's getting a little bit heady, right? Um, But I have to ask you, do you believe that God is trustworthy? That every single word that he speaks is true? Right, because there are times in life where it doesn't seem like it, right? The series that we're going through is called Untangled because our lives get so tangled up even when it seems like we're following what God has said, um, sometimes we're kind of in a lurch. So I have to ask, do you believe that God is trustworthy? That what he says is true? Um, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says that, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it's a gift of God not a result of works, so that no one may boast, right? The grace that God gives us through Jesus, um, the salvation that he brings, how Jesus bore his sin, our sin, on his body, right? We're sinful. We know we do things that we ought not to do. And because God is creator and has authority over us, the penalty for turning our backs on him is death. And Jesus took that death on himself. And not only that, he rose from the dead to show that he's victorious over that sin and over death, and we can be too. And that's the grace that God gives us, and we can take hold of that grace through faith. And it says that that faith is not a work, it's not something that we muster up in ourselves, right? We're not boasting because we have faith. No, that faith was given to us by the grace of God, by what God has done. Now, um, again, I understand all that seems pretty intellectual. Um, There's a lot there, and I don't want to stay in the abstract, right? I want to see, like, what does this faith actually look like in our lives? What is lived faith? Um, Let me ask it another way. If we really believed that God is who he says he is, that every word he speaks is true, that he has all authority, and that he does have purpose for everything, even when we feel so entangled, then would our lives look different if we truly believe that? Well, let's take a look at a few examples that God gives us of what faith looks like practically. Um, For that, I want to go back um, to Exodus. We're gonna look at Exodus chapter 16 this morning. Um, If you're familiar with the Exodus, um, that is uh, where Israel, the the people of Israel, the Israelites, previously they were um, slaves to Egypt, okay? And God worked his wonders, his miracles, brought them out of Egypt and uh, allowed them to pass through the Red Sea, leads them out into the wilderness and has this promised land that he's leading them towards. And so uh, in Israel's story of the Exodus, 
chapter 16 is after they've come out of Egypt, they're in the wilderness going towards that promised land. Uh, Let's take a look at verse two. It says, and the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you've brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So with stories like this, it's always important that we try and put ourselves in the shoes of these different characters because these are stories, but they're also true. They also really happened. So imagine yourself an Israelite, right? You've seen the power of God. Um, While under slavery in Egypt, God came, uh, he sent his prophet Moses, he worked miracles. He sent the 10 plagues on Egypt and then um, led the Israelites out of Egypt. And then when they came to the sea, they were stuck at the Red Sea. God parted the sea so that the Israelites could walk on dry ground. I don't even understand how that's possible, but God did it and he led them through. And when the Egyptians came for the Israelites, uh, the waters crashed down on them. It destroyed the Egyptian army. So they were totally free from their oppressors. And then not only that, as the Israelites were going towards the promised land, God manifests himself through a a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So you could actually see in some sense God leading the Israelites through this all. I mean, God has done these amazing things, right? But now they look around. Um, Estimates are as little as two million Israelites here that have just left Egypt, could be more. But imagine two million people are now in the wilderness, in the desert, wandering around, and they've run out of food. Um, I don't want to downplay this fact. Like, this is a real crisis, right? They could all die because it's not like they have time to feed two million people. Even if you could get some food for you and your family, there's two million people to feed and they don't have any food. Okay, so what do they do? Uh, Well, what could they have done? Obviously, um, with God showing up in power so many times before, they could go to God and ask, hey, you've led us this far. Can you get us a meal? You know, can you lead us to an oasis where we could, uh, you know, start a ranch or, you know, get some crops so that we can feed everyone? Like, can you feed us? But instead, what do they do? Um, Well, Brandon talked about last week how our words reveal the state of our heart. And that's so true with what the Israelites say to God here. Um, They grumble and they complain. But not only that, they say that their slavery in Egypt provided for them better than God has. Right, despite all that God had done for them, they're saying, man, it was better when we sat by those meat pots. Remember when we could eat 
Remember the food that they provided? Our slave masters gave us? They were actually telling God that slavery was better than what God had provided them based on their circumstances, based on how they were starving. That's pretty harsh. I mean, God as creator easily could have just wiped them all out at that point for their insolence, right? But what does he do? Verse 12 says that he will rain down bread from heaven for them. Man, that is uh, so loving, so kind. Um, But see, let's take a look. How does God actually provide this bread? Well, he says that I am gonna provide you this bread, right? I'm gonna rain it down from heaven. You don't even have to work for it. You don't have to work the ground. I'll provide. All you have to do is gather it up for you and your family. And it's real interesting how they're to do this. So the bread shows up every morning and you gather enough for you and your family for one day. If you gather up more than what's needed, the rest of it's gonna go bad. It says that it actually gets wormy, like it gets disgusting. So you only gather up enough for one day, except on the sixth day when you gather up enough for two days. And in that case, it doesn't go bad on the second day. By all accounts, that doesn't make any sense. But God is saying, have faith in my provision, even when it doesn't make sense, right? So why would it last two days on the sixth day? Well, it's because God is saying, more so than the food that I'm gonna provide for you, more important than that is that you Sabbath, that you rest in my presence. See, Israel's relationship with God was so much more important than their food. And don't get me wrong, the food is really important. They were gonna die if they didn't get food. But God's saying, look, the faith that I'm calling from you is not faith in food that's gonna show up. It's faith in a God who meets your needs every single day. And that's something else. I mean, putting ourselves in the story, It might not be too difficult here in 2020. Uh, I'm sure we can all remember back when there was a toilet paper shortage, apparently. Uh, Imagine if you were out of toilet paper in your pantry, right? And and God was gonna provide you enough toilet paper for you and your family every day, you know, so half a roll or however much more for your family, I don't know. You can determine that yourself. Uh, You can't take more than that, otherwise it's, uh, it's gonna go bad. You know, you're gonna get roaches in your bathroom or something, I don't know. Um, But it's only gonna be enough for one day and when it runs out, the next morning you have to have faith that I'm gonna make some more toilet paper for you in your pantry that morning. I know that's a silly analogy, but it really does take uh, trust in God that our food, our sustenance is gonna be for us, be there for us tomorrow. And it's because they knew that their God was trustworthy that he would actually fulfill that promise, right? God provides what is needed for us to live, okay? In the case of Israel, it was food. It was their daily bread. Um, And he was calling them to faith. And faith holds on that God will provide for us each day. This is a complete dependence on God, right? 
And it's each day except for, like we said, the, the Sabbath is when uh, he said you don't have to gather, right? You gather the day before, you prepare so that you can be with me because that's the most important thing is your relationship with me. And Jesus talks about this story. Um, he talks about it in John 6. So let's move over there in John 6, starting in verse 32. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Let's drop down to verse 47. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Whoever trusts, whoever has faith has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So Jesus tells us that this bread that God gives to the Israelites, manna, is a picture of who he is. Right? The manna allowed the Israelites to live on earth. It provided for them while they were in the wilderness, but their faith wasn't supposed to be put in the food itself, but in the God who would provide for them eternally, in the God who saves them. And eventually, that manna, it ran out. Right? When they were done, when they got out of the wilderness, uh, they were no longer given manna to eat. And that generation of Israelites, they all died. But Jesus, uh, God is eternally faithful. He shows that to us through Jesus. Um, he was calling Israel to trust in him, right? Not just in what he provided. See, the object of our faith is God. It's important what we place our faith in, right? God doesn't just call us to faith. He doesn't just say, have faith, be optimistic. Um, it's, it's not a blind faith that we have. Faith is really only as good as what it's pointed towards. Um, and this faith that God calls us to, this faith understands the goodness and the greatness, the wonder, the faithfulness of our God. Um, see, a few weeks ago, Chad talked about how we're able to rejoice in all of our circumstances because our hope is anchored in what God has promised. And it's faith that allows us to see God's promises and to hold on to them. Romans 1.17 says that the righteous shall live by faith. In and of ourselves, we are not righteous. We're sinful. Um, when I take a look into my own heart, I recognize I do things I don't want to do. Um, I'm not who I want to be. I'm not righteous in and of myself. But Jesus has taken that sin. He's washed me clean of that. And he actually imparts his righteousness so that we can lay hold of his righteousness. And he does that by faith. That's how um, we are made righteous. How we are made clean is through faith. 
And this faith is a day-to-day dependence on God for provision for our entire life. Um, A few weeks ago, Brandon had also said that we are to preach the gospel to ourselves every day, right? Just as Israel ate their bread every day, the bread that comes from heaven, Jesus is saying, I am the one, right? God rained down bread from heaven. Jesus literally came from heaven and said, I am the bread of life. This is what we are to partake in every day, right? We look to him, we see what he has done, we remind ourselves of the gospel, of how we are totally unworthy of God's love, and how Jesus has stooped down to us, and he has served us, and he has taken away our sin, he sacrificed for us, and shown himself to be victorious, that he has all power and given us the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. We are to remind ourselves of that daily, right? Just as Israel partook of the bread every day, we partake of the bread of heaven every day as well. And that's why back in Hebrews 11, where we started out, um, how it starts, that first verse says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, right? The conviction of things not seen. We can be sure of the hope of the future, of the promises of God, because our faith isn't in just those things. Our faith is in the God who has promised those things. God doesn't just call us to have faith, but he calls us to have faith in him. And he has shown himself to be faithful. Right to the Israelites, it was freeing them from their slavery, their bondage to Egypt, showing his wonders, giving them bread. For us, we get to see the majesty and the glory of what Jesus has done and how he has freed us from the slavery to sin and how we live new lives in that. And ultimately, that is what we put our trust in is is God and his salvation and how he has accomplished that through Jesus. Um, But I want to take that a step further just personally for each one of us because I believe that, yes, we trust in what Jesus has done, but I think that God has also shown himself to be faithful, to be trustworthy in each one of our lives, that God has personally shown you, if you have faith in him, that he is faithful, that he is trustworthy. So I just want to take a moment and remind yourself, how has God shown himself to be faithful to you? Um, this week, Pastor Seth actually gave me a, a pretty good um, a little exercise that we can do together. Uh, it's just three short lines, just three fill in the blanks, okay? And those, those three lines are, I was blank, but God blank, and now blank. Fill fill those out. How has God shown himself in your own life? I was hopeless, but God gave me a future, and now I live with purpose, right? I was addicted, but God freed me, and now I am victorious. 
right? How has God shown himself in your own life? Let's remind ourselves of the goodness of God because those gifts that he shows us allows us to, to grow our faith so that we can trust him for the future. Now, generations before this story in Exodus, about 500 years before, God called a man named Abraham into the wilderness and he was looking forward to a promised land. God called him and said that I have this promised land for you. Hebrews 11 talks about this. In verse eight, it says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Right, because God called him out, by faith, Abraham was looking forward to this city. And that can be lost on us today, right? If you um, live here in Austin, I mean, you live in a big city, so we kind of just take that for granted. Uh, pretty much anywhere you are here in the United States, you can jump on a plane, and in a few hours, you can be in a big city, provided you wear a mask while you're on the plane. Um, so our idea of what a city is is really commonplace today. But putting yourself in the shoes of Abraham in uh, nomadic society, um, you were always vulnerable, right? You're vulnerable to uh, robbers and bandits. You're vulnerable to wild animals destroying your crops. You were vulnerable to inclement weather, just destroying everything that you had made. So a city, a land, a home to call your own meant stability. It meant safety, it meant protection, right? It means when God says that I have this city for you, this land, this country, this promised land, he's saying, I will provide for you, I will protect you. And not only that, the promised land was God's land. It's where he would dwell with his people. He told Abraham, you and your sons are mine. We get to dwell together. And so the promised land was so much more than just what we think of when we say a city. It was God dwelling with his people in perfection. And what did, what did Abraham do when God called him to that? It drove him into action, right? So, so faith is not the action that Abraham took, right? It's not something that he worked up but faith did propel him. Because he trusted in what God had promised, faith pushed him forward so that when God said go, Abraham went, right? This is the life that comes from faith. It's following God no matter the circumstance. Abraham dropped everything he knew up to that point and followed God because he knew that what God had promised was so much greater than what he knew as a nomad. He knew who God was and that he was going to dwell with him. He knew who God was and trusted in his promises. What a picture of faith this is. And then what happened next? He died. Verse 13 
says that all these, Israel, uh, Abraham and his sons died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on this earth. Right? They were looking forward to perfection, to being with God in this perfect promised land, but they didn't experience it here in this life. Right? I think we see that too. We hold on to the promises of God and sometimes we see that this isn't what we expected. Uh, we follow God and it doesn't turn out the way that we wanted it to turn out. For Abraham, it was his entire life. But he was looking forward. It says that he greeted the promises of God, right, from afar. And he died not even experiencing it yet. Um, it says that he considered himself a stranger and an exile in this world, right? He looked around. He knew this wasn't the promised land. He saw the, the entanglements of the world, right? The hate, the vitriol, the infidelity, everything that comes with this world. And he says, this is not for me. I'm a stranger here. I was made for something greater. I was made to be with my God in perfection. And it says that he considered himself in exile. I know that God's promised land is out there, but right now I'm exiled from it. I'm not experiencing it, but I'm looking forward to what is to come. Verse 16 says, but as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. And therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. God is the one who is making this place for him and Abraham in faith was looking forward to that perfection. That is what our hearts long for. Do you look around and recognize that there's more? That this isn't the way that it's supposed to be? That in your own heart, you're not who you ought to be? We're looking forward to that land whose builder and whose maker is God, right? Faith looks beyond our circumstances, even beyond our life and trusts in the plans of our great God, right? Abraham didn't even recognize, or he couldn't see that God's promise wasn't just for him. It was for him. It wasn't just for his sons. It was for his sons. It was for all of mankind, right? Abraham followed God in faith, but truly, God was saving not just Abraham, but even us today. People who didn't look like Abraham, people who didn't sound like Abraham. It was so much greater than what Abraham could have understood. God's plan, though he was using Abraham, was so much bigger than Abraham's circumstances, so much bigger than Abraham's life. He was working something, and Abraham was able to hold on to the promise of God through faith. And what's amazing to me, what really hit me hard this past week as I was taking a look at this verse is the end of verse 16, right? Because I know, we, we see in Israel, right? Israel shook their fists at God. They said that Egyptian slave masters provided better for us than you do, God. And I know in my own heart, I'm tempted to think the same thing sometimes, right? Right? when I'm following after God and 
things don't seem to work out the way that I want them to, sometimes I'm tempted to look to other things for fulfillment, to look to other things uh, for better circumstances, right? Sometimes we're tempted to think, maybe if I followed a different career path, maybe if I took advantage of these people, I can make a little bit more money. My circumstances could get better. Maybe um, my marriage doesn't seem to be providing all that I thought it would. Maybe I'll look outside my marriage to make my circumstances better instead of what God says. And yet, while we were his enemies, Christ saved us. Despite what we have done, God is gracious and he's loving. And when we see that love, it changes us to put our trust in him and it allows us to seek him and he rewards those who seek him, right? He showers his grace on us and it allows us through faith to follow him and to invite others in to that love as well. Right? Because God is trustworthy, we can have faith in him. And faith is the key to following him wholeheartedly without being tied down by the outcomes in this life. Sometimes we place our identity in the things that we do, even the things that God calls us to do. Um, and when they don't turn out the way that we want them to, uh, we get distraught, right? But through faith, we can understand that God is doing something greater, something better. We're his servants. He's gonna use us. It's gonna be good for us, but it's not always gonna turn out the ways that we wanted, right? And that's why we look around and we seem to be so entangled in all that this world has. But when we look to God in faith, we can see that he has something greater for us. Now, um, as we finish up, I, I recognize that these can be pretty radical examples, right? Um, these can be a nice uh, cup of cold water when we're in a crisis situation. Um, but I also recognize that not everyone <laughs> is in a crisis right now. Um, so what does it mean if, if we're not you know, going through difficult times? What does it mean to have faith? Um, well, just like Israel, it means that we're to have a day-by-day -day dependence on God, on the bread of heaven. And this can be small things, right? To believe God, what he says. So simply to read your Bible, right? To, to recognize who God is and what he says about himself. And to pray, to be with God, just as God um, told the Israelites that day you're to rest and be with me in prayer and being in the presence of God daily. And then also church community, right? Being together with people, following God together with others uh, is another way that we can just partake in uh, that daily bread that God gives us. And these things change us. They really do. As we begin to partake daily, it changes us and it helps to reorient our priorities to God's agenda, right? And, and what is that? Well, Luke tells us um, that Jesus had come to seek and to save the lost. And that's what we ought to be doing as well as we partake in what God has given us. 
we also invite others in because it is so glorious and it is so much better than anything else that this world offers. And look, I recognize that it can be difficult, right? This world can, it goes against the ways of the Lord. Um, But what if we were more afraid of missing opportunities of faith than we were afraid of looking foolish, right? It takes faith, I get it. It takes trust in God that he's gonna use our feeble attempts to do something. Um, But we're to follow God with all that we have. You know, though things might not turn out here, how we planned it, how we imagined it would, we put our faith in the God who works miracles. He's done a miracle in me. I was dead in my sin and he's made me a new creation. He's made me come alive. If you've placed your faith in him, then he's done the same for you. And if you haven't, I would invite you to do so. Reach out, um, you know, however you're watching this here this morning. If you want to email me, someone at the church, even just comment. We'd love to talk to you more about how you can place your faith in what Christ has done on your behalf. Um, Pray this has been encouraging to you this morning. Uh, Let's go ahead and pray, uh, and then we'll sing and worship how good our God is. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are trustworthy. We thank you for what you have shown us, Lord, your love and your grace and how you go beyond our wildest dreams, Lord. And I pray that um, we would look to you when things don't seem right, that our faith would be in you and not in the circumstances, that you would help us to live untangled lives because we recognize the promise that you've given us and what that means for us today. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.